Hey there, it's Jason. Welcome to the Jason Wright Show, where the mission is very simple. It is to improve always in all ways. Look, I am on a mission to create the absolute best version of myself. And through the Jason Wright Show, I let you know everything I'm doing to make that happen. I interview incredible, remarkable, brilliant individuals from all different walks of life. And I also try to bring you tools, tactics, and protocols that will help you in your own personal mission to improve always in always. Now, let's get started. So I want to tell you guys about something that I discovered late in life. That is the joy of cooking. Now, I like to prepare a good hearty meal for Mrs. Wright, but this started back whenever Ryland and Abby were younger, and I decided they needed more home-cooked meals. Now, just because I started cooking back then and I continue to cook today does not mean that I'm a very good cook, but you know what? One of the things I can do to make my meals healthy and taste so much better than I could do all on my own, it's pluck seasonings. Pluck seasonings are absolutely phenomenal. And here's the cool thing about them. They pack their seasonings with nutrition through the adaptation of organ meats. You heard me right. There's five different organ meats that go into each and every one of their blends and they taste fantastic. So if you're like me, if you listen to all the biohackers and you're constantly trying to figure out how to optimize for longevity, better health, better mitochondria, you just want to be healthier and live longer and you want to improve always and always, I think I've heard that somewhere, then you should get some pluck seasoning. You will love it. I guarantee. And here's the deal. Go out to eatpluck.com, place your order and use promo code improve for a discount. But you're not going to, you, you would want to pay three times as much once you try it out. Now, if you're like my buddy, Jason Smith, who did not listen to me whenever I told him to go out there, you might order just the pure organ powder. It's actually named accordingly. It's called pure. And you know what? It's absolutely fantastic because the pure goes into my protein shakes. You see, I eat a green monster once a day. That's my big that's why I just throw everything but the kitchen sink sink into this unbelievably nutritious, nutritionally dense protein shake. You have to eat it with a spoon. That's my one main meal of the day, and Pure is fantastic for that. I don't want seasonings in my protein shake. However, on eggs, my scrambled eggs don't get eaten these days without the, I think it's called garlic zest. That's my favorite. So anyway, check it out, Pure, to take your protein shakes up a notch and the garlic zest, and then there's also the spicy. It is so good. This will make every meal, your salad, sprinkle some on there. Use this instead of salt and pepper. Get more flavor, more nutrition, and use promo code IMPROVE to get a better deal. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, I want to be in your pocket. I know it sounds weird, but hear me out. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download the Vitruvian Lab app. This is the only app you need to improve always in all ways. Check out the Vitruvian Library, full of scientific research on health, wellness, and other great stuff. Check out my library of courses, including Massively Transformative Habits. Take the free mindset assessment. Also, shortly, I will include weekly guided training videos geared towards fitness to help you extend health span. I will be constantly updating the app with new features and courses geared towards helping you develop the absolute best version of yourself. Don't wait. Go right now. No, seriously, go 
and download the Vitruvian Lab app and start improving always in always. Now, enjoy this amazing episode of The Jason Wright Show. All right, Clay, I have pushed record. We are ready to launch, no pun intended. Uh, let's, let's, uh, so today, first of all, I want you to tell people a little bit about you as you, how, why, how does one decide to be a urologist? And then, you know, we're going to talk about one of those topics today that no dude wants to ever have to talk about, especially whenever they are a sufferer of this condition. And I'm going to be very transparent on this episode because I want to ask you some questions. I have dealt with this in my life and, uh, but that's going to be erectile dysfunction, yeah. ED, right? So let's just start with a little bit about you, your practice, and how did urology, how did this come about? It's funny you uh, asked that question because uh, in medical school, um, all I wanted to be was what we call a cutter, you know, the, the Tarzan guy who wanted to you know, do general surgery. And I was kind of thinking maybe about trauma surgery, maybe vascular surgery. Plastics kind of came in my mind and went right back out again. And ever since medical school, even high school, I always wanted to be a surgeon, not just a physician, or, you know, but I wanted to actually cut people wide open, which is pretty morbid. But, you know, someone's got to do it right. And I actually matched into the University of Arkansas Medical Sciences in Little Rock with general surgery. And I'd say probably a month or two into it, I was like, uh, I think I made a big mistake. This is not what I'm going to do. We'd come back in, you know, if you weren't working, you know, two days straight, you actually got some sleep. And I'd come back in and a couple of the interns would be like, oh, my God, man, I was up at two o'clock in the morning. And so-and-so, the third year resident, the chief, let me do an appendicitis and an appendectomy. And then we did this. And I was like, I don't want to know. I don't think I want to live the rest of my life being up at two o'clock in the morning. And it's hard to forward think like that because you're 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 young. You're you're you want to save the world, but you have to start thinking when I'm forty, when I'm fifty, when I have kids. I really want to have that kind of life. And so, buddy, of mine. Uh, David Young had had the same struggle. He had switched different ideas. He wanted to be a general surgeon and ER physician, I think, if I recall. I think he finally landed on family practice. And he said, listen, you need to look at urology. And I said, what? I said, when I was a scrub tech in orderly in Nacogdoches, there was a urologist. And all I saw him do was like ream out prostate or something. He goes, no, 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 man. It's the craziest surgery. They do st stuff with scopes. They do big cases. It's like a gentleman's surgery. And he goes, they have some emergencies, but not to the same severity always. You get a better lifestyle. So I just happened to have a rotation that was free in the first year, my internship, in the month of November. And I told my uh, program director of general surgery, hey, I, I want to go do a month of urology. He's like, urology? Oh, okay, whatever. Within days of doing urology, I, I had came home to my wife, Michelle. I said, I, I, I think I might try to switch. And she's like, what? I said, yeah, and I think I'm going to have to go back through the match and do another year. She's like, instead of five years, it's going to take you six years? I go, yeah, I know. But it's really cool. Like, it's because I've never seen you this excited about anything. I was like, I, I love it. Everything I was told is exactly what it is. They, they do everything between reconstructive surgery, prostate cancer, all these great surgeries. But they also retain their, their patients like primary care. Like they see them back all the time for prostate cancer screening, enlarged prostate treatment, all this stuff. It's, it's kind of a mix of primary care and surgery. And there's no other surgery specialty like that. And so I was like, 
I'm hooked. I went back through the match, landed UAMS, which was unheard of. That was unbelievable. That was a God thing. There's no question. And uh, here I am. I did urology and finished, and I've never looked back on it. It was one of the best decisions I have ever made in my life, hands down. That is fantastic. Now, I never knew that about you. Another thing you mentioned there, too, Nacogdoches. Are you from Nacogdoches originally? Or no, I'm from Texarkana, actually. Okay. Texarkana. All right. Well, so a good East Texas boy. See, I didn't know that, you know, because yeah. I'm from Sulphur Springs. So yeah. just right up I 30 and then did my undergrad at SFA. So I've got some Nacogdoches in my DNA, too. So, yeah, I, I did not know that about you, Clay Williams. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, well, I was, I was Longhorn bound. I was University of Texas. And okay. my mom comes and said, Hey, a buddy of yours in you know, high school is going to Stephen F. Austin. You know, your dad went to Stephen F. Austin. I'm like, okay. But it was a different time back then. You know, yeah. you didn't try to get in college your junior year back then. Right. It was just, that was kind of like a, a summer decision. Like, okay, I'll go to SFA. And it, it was great. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. So, well, that makes a lot of sense. I've never thought about it like that as far as a urologist, how you do get to stick with your patient for the long haul. Because let's face it talk about sensitive equipment there. Yeah, you yeah. find somebody that you trust that you don't want to be bouncing around. So, I know that one of the things that has kind of become your wheelhouse as a physician is. ED, which, yeah. you know, I got to tell you, as we mentioned before we, before I hit record, I went through this spell and like Jason Wright show audience, this just goes to show that your host is willing to bear his soul for your benefit. <laughs> I went through a phase where I was going through an enormous amount of stress and it was, it was a double whammy. It was enormous stress. Like it was right around whenever I was in graduate school. And so that was part of it. A lot of other things. And dude, all of a sudden I mean, like a frightened turtle. This guy was just like out of commission. And <laughs> description. I, oh man, and like so many other guys, I freaked out. And and because of my age, I thought, am I really losing it? And by the way, just kind of funny sidebar, I'm watching Mad Men at this time. That was my favorite show. And I'm watching Don Draper get drunk as a skunk and still crushing it. And I'm like, I must be really messed <laughs> up, you know? So, so it, was, it was really a head game. And here's the thing that I never thought would happen to me. I used to see the commercials for uh, whether it's uh, Viagra or what's the other one that's... Um, oh, Cialis. Cialis. Yeah. yeah, I see it. I'd be like... These guys that looked kind of close to my age, I'm like, man, are they just not healthy? And then I would think, what's the big deal? But dude, it jacks with you. So for the for the females in the audience, this will hopefully give you some insight into what your husband might be going through. And for the men, I hope this will you'll find encouragement in this because Clay, one of the things that I never could have imagined is the mental beatdown that it was whenever I went through that period of my life, which for me it was totally stress induced. So kind of talk to this listener about, I guess, I mean, this is, again, this is your wheelhouse. So what do you think? Are you enjoying this episode? I hope so. Oh, one more question. Did you download the Vitruvian Lab app? Why not? This makes me like your personal peak performance coach. I go where you go. So Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download it now. I get to go everywhere you go, and together we will improve always in always. Now, keep enjoying this unbelievable episode of The Jason Wright Show. Why can someone find themselves in this position, and what are some of the steps they can take given whatever the issue might be? Well, let me back up in the, in the discussion with age. So when you get into older 
gentlemen, they don't have to necessarily be that old. Sometimes we see heart disease start in, in, in guys in their 30s, you know, 40s, and a lot of times it's genetic. But, but going backwards, you know, you think about diabetes affecting the nerves uh, throughout the body, and the penis is no exception. It's going to hit there, too. In fact, you know, with heart disease and diabetes, sometimes the inability to get a, a good and durable erection is one of the early warning signs that we see. You know, they, they recognize that. They don't recognize their heart is filling up with plaque, for lack of better terms. But they, they dang sure can tell there's something below the belt that's not going right. So diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, vascular disease, smoking, obesity, your diet, your lifestyle, too much alcohol, all these things um, – you know, it contribute high cholesterol. So all these things do, but we are seeing erectile dysfunction in younger and younger men. Now, there's two thoughts about that process. Is it really become a more early disease process? Yeah, we are seeing it without a doubt. But also, guys are more apt to talk about this. Now, it's been kind of hush-hush. You know, guys don't want to necessarily talk about it, but guys do talk about it. On the golf course, playing tennis, hey, man, no, you know, do you, no, do you have any problem? You know? And so, so it's kind of a, 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 a double-edged sword. Guys are more apt to talk about it in this society where they, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, perhaps they were more quiet about it but we are seeing at younger ages and i think a lot of in the younger age it's a lot of stress induced you know it they they've got a lot of stress the world has not gotten easier the job uh, is stressful having all these kids you know and then it doesn't make it easier when the wife or the girlfriend notices that hey he's he's having difficulty obtaining or maintaining or both with erections is it me mm-hmm. what's going on so they pound on him well now he's even more more conscientious about it and so when he does try to engage in sexual you know interplay he, he's thinking about it and and it, and it just becomes a, just a, a rat race at that point yeah that's one of the things that i think that and you know for the most part you know women that uh you know i think they're they do do the um, you know is it me? But then after that, most women I think, and, let, and if your wife or or whoever your partner is isn't like this, doesn't encourage you like hey it's okay, you know it doesn't help. It's like me on a golf course. I become the charity case on the golf course, <laughs> and it doesn't matter how many dudes tell me hey dude it's okay you're good. I'm like no I suck. This is terrible. I feel bad about myself right yeah. now. It's kind of the same way whenever you're dealing with this issue. So with that being the case, like what are like how do you know if you have like I, I've heard just kind of the, the morning wood test, you know. And I'll be honest with you, Clay. It, it you know when I first when I and again, folks, look, I'm just going to use some very just straightforward terms here. You can't talk about the penis and erections without just being straightforward. But I'm with a physician, so just you know, bear with this. But like for me, for the longest, there was no morning wood, and then all of a sudden, now it's like all right, and it, that makes me feel healthy. So, what are right. some of the telltale signs of the stress induced versus maybe health induced ed that you see kind of coming and can, and can you tell just at that kind of at a physiological level of you know this I, I think this is for because of my health versus mental how do you start to separate those two it's really difficult and and having done this now for 19 almost 20 years now i don't know if they really can tell a difference because the end result is the guy still can't have an erection. So trying to d- discern if this stress induced or is it, you know, lifestyle and and uh, different comorbidities, it's they both produce the same effect. The guy cannot get an erection. Now, it's interesting that you bring up morning wood, though. 
Um, I'm like, well, let me back up. So when I'm interviewing, you know, these guys, you know, I see a 25 or 30 year old guy and I'm looking at his medication list and there's absolutely zero meds on it. I know this is stress induced. So, okay. so to answer your question, yes, but the end result is the same. And, and so, you know, but you do have some guys that come in at 35 years old and I can elicit that they got a stressful life just by talking to him. But before, before I even see him, I'm looking at the medication list. I'm like, oh, my God, the dude's on lisinopril for blood pressure. He's not on insulin, but he's on glucophage. I'm like, okay, this guy has early warning signs. So he ha- he may have two different issues, you know, lifestyle and health as well as some stress. And, it, and, and that's an issue. But when you mentioned morning wood, there's one thing you haven't mentioned yet. There is some... Um, a uh, psychiatric aspect of this. I just saw this the other day. I see it all the time. 20-something-year-old you know, guy. Uh, I think this guy was 27, and he'd had difficulty with erection since he was 16 years old. Now, we both know that is not a lifestyle issue, yeah, right? right? And one of the first questions I'll ask him is, do you wake up with a hard on let's just use the word I mean I talk very blunt with my patients I mean yeah. same morning wood I'll go even further I said do you wake up with a hard on right. and he goes what I said do you wake up with a piss hard on right. you know I'm talking about no I don't I don't okay I know it's anatomical there's really something going on with this guy but the guys that say yes I wake up with a good piss hard on but I'm not having erections with masturbation or I can but I can't with a partner that's psychiatric because mm. now we know he wakes up with morning wood the plumbing works. I mean, he can get blood supply in there, but he can't in a sexual situation. There's always something deep in those guys. And I immediately say, look, I can give you something to help you like Cialis or Viagra or daily dose Cialis, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. But you have to see a sexual therapist. Mm-hmm. You've got to see somebody because there's something in your past you're not dealing with. And I've had a few of those guys come back and they'll say, you're right. And it, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I don't need to know what you shared. That's not my business. Thank you. I'm glad you've got it fixed. Right. And they're like, Doc, I'm getting my erections back now. The, the guy I saw the other day watches an enormous amount of pornography. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. And, and the first time I heard this was a couple years ago at one of the sexual medicine societies that I'm a member of. And I was like, Okay, well, I kind of thought about that, but there's great research and papers that document. It's called porn-induced erectile dysfunction, or PIED, Mm P-I-E-D. And they think it's if you're watching, you know, 30 minutes, an hour of porn a day for years and years, you can't have a good erection in a normal sexual relationship. It's it's very, very common. Extremely common. Yeah, I can't imagine that. that, There's a movie that I watched... um, Sean John, I know that's also, I think, uh, I think that's uh, P. Diddy's uh, clothing line, but I think that's the name of the movie where mm-hmm. this this guy, he was like a Brooklyn guy that went out clubbing and he was addicted to porn and it had, it completely made him incapable of having a physical relationship. Yeah, yeah. And you got to think about just from the mental aspect of that, that dopamine chase, uh, you know, the reality of, you know, you know Sex in real life is not like theatrical sex. That's exactly, right. and so that dopamine hit is just not going to be there. So, and I just can't even fathom. And I, I imagine this. And I was what made me think about this earlier was whenever you were talking about it, it's happening younger and younger. I mean, look when when we were you know thirteen or fourteen, you had to go sneak a Playboy or a Hustler and hide it under your bed or somewhere. These kids are walking around with Pornhub in their hand oh, everywhere. Yeah. They, oh, I, yeah. I can't. It's it's. 
it, I can't even fathom what it's like for these poor kids to exercise the restraint because we're chemically wired as men to just oh, exactly. right. So, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Now, one of the things you did mention that I want to know the difference between is Cialis and something like a uh, Viagra. What are the different? Because I think I know, but I want you to tell me what is the difference between those two meds. Well, they're essentially the same. There's also Levitra. We're missing that one. Okay. And there may be a fourth, and I can't recall at the top of my head. Uh, pressure here behind the microphone but uh, they're all essentially the same they're phosphodiesterase inhibitors and so without going through the biochemistry they there's a natural chemical if you will that tries to prevent erections and so what a pde5 inhibitor is doing is trying to block down that chemical so it indirectly increases blood flow to the penis that's how it works. But you do have to have some sort of libido. I mean, you can take a Viagra or Cialis and sit around and watch TV and watch football. That's not the kind of excitement you need. You need something physical or mental, you know, something visual to get the medicine working, you know. I mean, I love NFL football, but that's not going to initially get your heart on. I mean, maybe for some of y'all it does, but, you know, not, not for me. But the medicines are all the same. They just have a little bit different of a, a, a biochemical makeup, if you will, you know, the, the chemical formula. Right. It's interesting that you bring up uh, Viagra, which the generic is sildenafil and the generic of Cialis is Tadalafil, which makes both those medications a whole lot cheaper. I mean, it, that's a blessing. Most people don't know the history of Viagra. So it was actually invented for uh, neonates, uh, for pulmonary hypertension. Okay. So they're in the ICU and they're born a little bit too early and their lungs aren't quite up to par. So you get this lung or pulmonary hypertension. The medication actually dilates the the vessels so they can you know develop their lungs quicker and more and better and healthier well anything that is given to children especially babies right has to be tested on adults and so there's no great you know side effects they could find nothing harmful with the medication it got released by pfizer and there you have viagra and it's given to neonates but as the research keeps going on you know all of a sudden people who are doing the the, the research project start saying hey when we got all these guys coming in saying they're getting these great erections and of course pfizer's like uh I think we just nailed something, a multi-billion dollar thing. And that's how it happened. I mean, it, it, it changed guys' lives at yeah. that point. It allowed Bob Dole to have sex for probably the first time <laughs> yeah. in a lot of years. That's, that's the main thing I remember. It's like, wow. Yeah. Oh, Bob's getting it up again. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. All right. So let's take a, let's take a case. Let's, so if I am a, let's say, I'm, let's just kind of take through some stages of life. Mm-hmm. So I'm that 35 year old guy. Do you... And again, I know you say to your patient, because you are the physician, you're not interested in their deepest, darkest secrets and right, why, sure. why it's not happening. But let's say that there is that 35-year-old that's listening to this, and they are incredibly healthy, and they just, they're not, they cannot get an erection, or what they do, they can't hold an erection, mm-hmm. or it's not, you know, hard enough to perform, whatever the case may be. And they come to you, and they say, look, here are my, here are my biomarkers. Yeah, everything is outstanding. I do CrossFit. I, you know, I'm happy, but I just can't get this done. So I'm thinking in my mind how often feelings follow action. Mm-hmm. So, kind of, what is the protocol? It, it, okay, I would imagine you would say go find some help with a therapist. And do you work in conjunction with that person? Just kind of take me through how you monitor to get that person because there might be somebody listening that's like, sure. I don't know where to start. You know. So your greatest successes, Clay, with getting people from 
can't get this thing to operate to oh my god and i mean this with all sincerity and this is what it's like again ladies listen up and dudes it's okay i feel like a normal man again i mean it's it, it the, the again i can't overstate the psychological aspect a man goes through in this deal kind of what is that how do you walk with that person through that process so you know we're sitting at the computer and guy comes in and on the list it shows they're coming in for ed you know and i immediately look at the age of the patient so that sets the tone for me immediately going in with not a com- complete predetermined uh uh, diagnosis, but I've got a good idea. So I know which way I'm going to start the conversation. Like, you know, introduce yourself, but I'm going to quickly get to, okay, are you having morning wood? I mean, that's not my opening sentence, but I mean, we're getting to that pretty quickly. Have you ever had problems erections? This is a new situation. I already know their medications. And so I can, I can, I can move the conversation in the right direction without you know, laboring on parts that don't make you know sense. If, trying to find out if there's a psychiatric part, because if there is, I, they need to go see a sexual therapist and I have no relationship with any particular psychiatrist or psychologist or counselor or anything. So I always advise them, I'm sorry, I don't have that kind of contact. Don't know how many people in Tyler or Smith County are there, but I'm sure you can find someone. If not, I would look in the greater Dallas you know, area if, if it's that kind of psychiatric issue. But in the end, you know, no matter what you do, they won't help right then. It's great I can send them a therapist, but they're like, okay, but but what what about today? You know, I, yeah. what are you going to do? And then you also can do some nerve tests, and you can do some reflexes on these guys. And we used to do this stuff where you, like, stroke the inside of your thigh, and what happens is the testicle on that side will rise up, and they say, okay, well, that nerve is great. There's some other things you do, too. And we don't do any of that anymore because unless they come into the history of – you know, I've got spina bifida. Uh, I was in motor vehicle crash and I had some back issues. Well, now you're looking at some nerve issues. But regardless, what they want is, what are you going to do for me today? Yeah. It's an issue today. It was an issue yesterday. It's going to be an issue tomorrow. I need something done. So for me, I like to put those guys on a daily dose of Cialis. Okay. Or Tadalafil, right? Because I can do all these these little nerve reflexes that I just spoke about. I can get into the sexual therapy. I can look at their heart disease and that. But at the end, I'm still going to give them a medication. So I can't reverse their hypertension. I can't reverse their diabetes. I can give them medication. So I used to put them on a low dose, five milligrams of Tadalafil every single day. Now, the maximum dose of that is 20 milligrams in a day. Okay. The maximum dose of Viagra, which is sildenafil, is 100 milligrams a day. And they are equivalent. 100 of Viagra is the same as 20 of Cialis. Because a lot of guys come in and say, well, why you put me on, on you know, mine's the maximum dose of Cialis, 20. I take Viagra 100. Well, they're, they're the same, okay? The reason I put them on a, a, a low dose of Tadalafil, number one, it's mental. They think they're doing something every day. When they take blood pressure medications, they don't take it as needed. They take it every day. So one, it's a mental issue to alleviate them like, okay, I'm doing something every day to make things better. But the flip side is biochemically with a five milligram low dose every single day, seven days a week, they really are getting a little bit of vasodilation of the penis. They're going to wake up with what? A morning wood. Yep. That makes them look underneath the covers and go, ha ha, me Tarzan. Yeah. Let's just look, honey. Look, 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 look. Look at what I did. <laughs> right. So immediately they get a, psycho, a psychologic bump yep. out of it. 
now their stress level goes up. So I'm taking that aspect out of, uh, is at least as a secondary issue on their ED. So I'm taking something out quickly. Now, is that going to be enough to give everybody a, a good erection? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes not. 20 is the maximum dose. That means they have another one, two, or three tablets, or 5, 10, or 15 milligrams they can take as needed 30 to 40 minutes before intercourse. Now they're going to get a little additive nice. bump. So that's why I do it that way. And I really think that's the best way because of the reasons I mentioned. All right, so I want to kind of shift gears real quick. I want to get back into the ED. Let's say you have a healthy libido mm-hmm. and you just want to know how to have the absolute, just, I mean, rock star sex with your wife. Are there any recommendations that you have for either? Because now, now this is something that, again, Viagra came along well after. Of course, I never really dated anyway. I have had a very boring life as it relates to my uh, the, the, the dating field. But like I hear buddies that they keep some uh, some Viagra on hand, not because they need it, but because they just want to go longer and harder. And they're just they're kind of douchebags. And that's what they do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but naturally, let's say I'm healthy and the sex is good, but I'm always looking to optimize everything. I mean, the motto of the show is improve always and always. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. You know, I want to just keep improving everything. Are there dietary things? Are there things that I can eat or avoid either before sex or just as part of my everyday diet? I know I remember reading in um, Tim Ferriss's uh, book. I think it was I think it was. Uh, the four hour body. Mm-hmm. He goes through this whole chapter on things you can eat to prepare that can lead to better sex. Is there anything that you recommend dietarily to keep it good or to even enhance it a little bit? I don't know of anything specific that's going to magically help, but you know, good lifestyle. I would just tell guys all the time because I do see a lot of guys that come in with you know more than ten to fifteen pounds excess. I mean, we are in East Texas and we do do love our Mexican food, yeah. and there's no lack of uh, obese gentlemen here or just you know unhealthy. But you you start thinking about what can they do to lower their cholesterol, um, which can build up you know plaques and whatnot. And like I said earlier, what what builds up disease in the blood vessels in the heart is you know the penis is no exception so i'll tell guys look dude you need to go on a mediterranean diet mm-hmm. and you need to google it and look at it. and that's why i tell every single guy they go well, well, okay i'll look at it but well, what do you mean i'm like well you need you need omega-3s you need you need cold fish you need avocado you know you need olive oil i mean look up mediterranean diet those guys are healthy we just went to uh, italy this last summer for about two weeks my entire family now there are some rare exceptions there are not everybody over there are or just lean, but I will tell you that 95% of those men and women, I'm not saying the most beautiful, every single person is the most beautiful person, but they're lean. Yeah. I mean, they are, and it's because they live that lifestyle. That Now, they've got great genetics, too. You know, they, they don't have all these other influences that have been genetically incorporated uh, over, you know, hundreds of years, but that being said, they eat a Mediterranean diet, so you know, healthy, you know, uh, proteins or fish, oils, um, low on pasta or healthy pasta. Um, and, and they just, they're just not sedentary, you know, they don't sit around, they, they move, they walk, they do things. So I just remind people about that, but whether or not there's a specific food that were, you know, in and of itself really helps. Nah, not that I really know of. Yeah. It's just, it always boils down to that, right? Just, just get healthier, just get, and I, I preach that all the time. Um, you know, so what about testosterone? Does that ever come into play whenever you're talking to these guys? I mean, yeah. do, you test their t- do you test their test levels and are there things they can in- do to increase testosterone that you recommend? Or is that even something that you really delve into? At the- I, I do, and especially with the older gentlemen, yeah. because... Uh, 
you know the the libido you know that bravado that you have testosterone in and of itself is not going to give you erection it's just not you can take all the testosterone real i the think world a lot of guys and, have and, that misconception yeah, they do yeah. a lot of guys come in and say hey i've got erectile dysfunction and my doctor told me i need to come get testosterone I'm like whoa 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 wait 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 well that's chapter three Let, let's go back to the preface okay let's go back before chapter one let me ask you some questions about stuff uh have you tried Viagra, Cialis? what's going on okay and then i get to okay what is your interest in sex? What is your libido? Oh, Doc, I, I, you know, 10 years ago, man, I, 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 you know, I thought about it all the time, but I can flip through the channels on, you know, Victoria's Secret, you know, swimsuit edition that they're showing out. Hell, here's the new swimsuits on the runway. And, I, and I'll just flip past that channel and go look at, you know, uh, you know, a football game uh, 10 years ago. Um, you know, you're the Rose Bowl. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, you do have a problem, right? You know, don't flip that channel. So they have no interest in sex. So if you get someone's testosterone back up, it's overlapping circles. Now they have the desire. And again, that helps them. If they don't have a desire, you know, they're really not that engaged in sex. So if I get that they have a low libido, I am going to check their testosterone. But it's not a lab I just haphazardly just order. You right. Know? But it's still, that makes a lot of sense. And again, for the listener, so I come in, I'm 45, 50 years mm-hmm. old, I'm healthy, you know, yeah. like the two of us here, yeah. we, we work out and everything. Uh, there's no other, I'm, I lead a, a life that I don't, I may have to be stressed, but I've always handled it well, I'm happy, I'm joyful. I'm just not interested in sex. Mm-hmm. So that kind of points you to the road exactly. of testosterone. Yeah. Right. And how do you feel about this? So I know that because low T has become so much more commonplace, so many guys and so oh, many yeah. physicians now are offering it, you know, from primary care physicians to, you know, precision health, it's just a much bigger deal. So a, a friend of mine that's been on the show a couple of times, one of my health and wellness mentors, a guy named Joel Green, author of The Immunity Code, he, he likes to tell people that, look, wait till you till because of your age and stuff you're most likely going to need it kind of i like what you said that's chapter three we got two chapters to cover yeah yeah. so if you do start to get to that 50 55 age one i I, what i hear you saying is that might make sense but am i'm I'm of the belief i want to put that off as long as i possibly can is that is that right thinking yeah, and we are seeing a low T in younger and younger guys, which is kind of strange. I mean, I've got some guys in their 30s that I have them on testosterone because when I check their labs, it's rock bottom. And they have every sign and symptom that there is. And I hate doing that. I'd rather delay it if possible. But again, if it's a major issue with them, then I, I, you know, I'm kind of forced to start thinking about that. And, and why is that such a big deal? You know, what, what's wrong with testosterone? You know, Well, the big thing is once you're on it, you're on it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't stop it, but if you have low testosterone and I give you an outside source of testosterone, whether it's, you know, pellet or a shot and whatnot, I'm going to drive down the testosterone, the little bit of testosterone that you make, I'm going to drop it down to almost zero because your testicles, which produce your testosterone, sees all this outside testosterone. Your brain sees it, so your brain doesn't stimulate the testicles to make testosterone anymore because brain says, oh, well, well. There's a crap load of testosterone running around here. So your brain tells your testicles, stop making testosterone. So now I've driven your testosterone down to rock bottom, and i got to continue to build you up. Well, guess what? When you go off testosterone, guess what happens? It can take six months to a year for you to build back up your testosterone, which, by the way, wasn't good to begin with. So I tell guys, okay, if we do this, you're on it. Doesn't mean you can't stop it, but you're on this 
for forever because you're going to like it. You're going to feel it, the effects of it, but you're on it. Yeah. And one of the side effects is, is sometimes guys will get, you know, atrophy. They'll get small testicles mm-hmm. out of it and um, it's not reversible. So that's not necessarily the, the biggest thing in the world. But for some guys, I'm like, yeah, you may not like that. Yeah. So I think and you know, just to kind of hit that point, drive that point home, mm-hmm. if you are like, I would say, you know, especially, you know, it really is biologically us being, you know, 40, 50 years old is, is a much younger 40, 50 than it was whenever our grandfathers were 40 and 50. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And so I think the message I just took from what you just said is go in with caution. Again, go see a Clay Williams or whoever your urologist is before you just have somebody say, oh, you, you go to your primary physician for your, not to not primary care physicians that happen to sell low T that, hey, I'm not feeling good. I'm not wanting to have sex. Oh, well, here, let me get you some pellets. No, go look and see if there's some other things at work, even if it is the, even if it can help you get over that psychological hump, you're just get ready. You're going to have a lot of work to do yeah. when you do get over the psychological hump. If you've used the testosterone to help you, I mean, is that my, my tracking? No, you, you hit the nail on the head. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the other things I want to talk about is with testosterone specifically. Okay. So there's not certain foods that might make you hornier or have a better libido or longer sex, but I do know that there are some foods that are going to help with testosterone production and also just some activities. Like I know lifting heavy objects, right? Yeah. And, you know, the, the stuff that we do. And the biggest one, as it relates to nutrition, I'm always wondering when I see someone, one on the unhealthy side, somebody that drinks a lot, I don't, have, I don't know how they ever get a heart on. You know, yeah. I, I, I cut alcohol out of my life completely, not because of that, but I'm just like, now I'm just more cognizant of all the different things that alcohol impacts. Two, when I see somebody that's vegan or you know a vegetarian and they're not getting animal protein and I know the the correlation between animal protein and testosterone production so what are your thoughts on what do I what does my diet need to look like to be healthy like you say I love the Mediterranean I love all the blue zone diets as well yeah but I but I'm a big animal protein guy in moderation I don't eat steaks five days a week like I probably did at one point in my life when I was going nuts on you know more of a carnivore type deal but what are some nutritional uh protocols that you would recommend to maintain and and feel free to throw in how much training how much weight lift how much resistance training to enhance testosterone production naturally yeah it it, i I remember you know like you said you and i work out all the time and and i've had many trainers so the more resistance training the more weight lifting you do you stimulate testosterone you do but not as much as you think it's more common maybe in teenage years and in the 20s which is most people really start doing their competitions right for bodybuilding but as you get older resistance training is good for everything to help prevent osteoporosis because you need some sort of resistance to put, you know, force, if you will, for lack of better terms, on bones to keep good, you know, bone health. So people just go do a little cardio every time. That's not good. I, I'm sorry for the, those of you who love to go run marathons, but, you know, that's not the greatest thing. Where you need to do, you know, get in the gym and do some resistance training. Now, I'm not talking about just lifting, you know, thousands of pounds. Just, you know, lightweight, you know, high rep is enough to, to generate good bone health. And it will generate some testosterone as well. Again, the Mediterranean diet, not so much that those foods necessarily increase testosterone as much as they help prevent things that can lower your testosterone. One of the big things is keeping your liver free of toxicity. Now, I can't from memory tell you everything in the world to avoid that can cause toxicity, but you nailed one of them, alcohol. And it doesn't take much. And guys... 
I love a good IPA beer. Uh, once I start drinking IPA, uh, I'm sorry. But guess what's an IPA? What? Phytoestrogens. Ah, They're loaded. Yes, phytoestrogens. And did you hear estrogen? Yep. Estrogen yep. lowers your testosterone. And you'll be, so... It, but all beer can do that, but IPAs specifically. So sorry, guys, if you're like me and like IPA. But you know, and so the older you get, you may think, "Well, I used to drink all, you know beer. I was in college and fraternity." But well, you can't do that anymore. You got to make a choice, you know, an overall alcohol intake. So anything that affects the liver a lot, there's a lot of toxicity to the liver. Any food of that nature, and a lot of it is, you know, your your red meat protein versus Mediterranean diet, more you know, fish and oils, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's going to cause some liver toxicity. And when you do that, you raise what's called SHBG, which is your sex hormone binding globulin. So let's talk real quick about testosterone. So guys come and say, well, my free testosterone is dead. Yeah, I bet you're, but you got to look at your total and free testosterone. It's the free testosterone, the testosterone that is not bound up by SHBG that is actually bioavailable. I don't care if your total testosterone is seven or 800. I don't care if your primary doctor or your endocrinologist won't give you testosterone more because your testosterone is 900. It's well in the high end of the range. Yeah, but what's your free testosterone? Oh, that's low. So I got to get these guys to stop affecting the livers. I got to look at their diet, get things that lower the liver toxicity to allow the, the free testosterone to be the active form. That is the active form. And when testosterone binds up to SHBG, it's irreversible. And you can't use that free testosterone. So how do you get your SHBG lower so it doesn't bound up all your testosterone? Get rid of the liver toxicity. So, you know, I like I said, I can't, you know, by memory tell you everything, but it's anything that really affects the liver. And so by doing that, you can have more bioavailable testosterone and you can either take a lower dose of testosterone that they come to get me, or maybe you can put it off a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. Which which you touched with yeah. you know earlier about yeah. trying to put that off for a while, man. That's that's all such. I know that's got to benefit some people out there. And they've got something that's like pumping their marriage up or their relationship. Like it's right then and there. You know, it's yeah. something positive. You know, yeah. it's so fun, so fun. Well, and that's one of the things that I again going back to where this whole conversation started is that so much of that area, especially for men, and look, ladies, please don't consider us douchebags. We didn't design this. This <laughs> no. is just how we are. It's like, but it's it, it there is such a profound psych- psychological aspect to sex sex drive the size of your penis all of it i mean even just getting erections alone like you said god it will i mean i'm telling you it will make you feel lesser of a man if you can't if you can't do it so uh well man dude clay (laughs) i think that we have put a lot i mean this i mean that's a lot of information that's it's but it's awesome and i think it's a conversation that needs to get talked about and i want to keep having these conversations with you about you know how to you know um live a healthier lifestyle and that's the thing that it always comes back to like we said earlier a lot of these problems can be solved now maybe you've got some you know some trauma in your life it's messing you know it's dealing with your head totally understood but from the physical aspect of it eating right exercise you know look guys 
if you want to have better sex, you got to live healthier. It's one of the things I've talked about. Guys that hate leg day. I know you work out with Cooney. The dude oh, is yeah. over 50 with his monster quads. But let me tell you something. Yeah, he shows them off a lot. He loves to show <laughs> them off. they look good. And they look amazing. <laughs> Cooney is aging incredibly well. But, you know, I always tell people, hey, if you hate leg day, just remember, big thighs save lives. you got to have that. And it's the same thing with this. If you want to have good sex, you got to be healthy. If you want to have high testosterone levels, you got to eat better. Yeah. And so I think that... That, that is the that's the deal so all right clay where can people find out more about you and if, if there's someone that's interested in one of these procedures if they want a consultation how do people find you well it, we were changing our websites because I, I really want to separate you know what i do primary is urologist secondary to you know elective cosmetics so you yeah. want a urologist you know who does reconstructive uh, surgery for erectile dysfunction you know we know that anatomy we deal with it that is who you want to do you know urofill uh, technique so right now i would say you could go to my web page um which is uh, r clay williams r c l a y williams all lowercase d-o r clay williams d-o.com but i'm going to take that off real quickly within the next week and uh, so i'm developing a new web page so i can't give you the address of the sure. new web page but it'll be directed completely to uh Eurofil. but um you can email me on my private business email in the meantime, and it's very strange email. I apologize. It's rclaywilliamsdo.com at gmail.com. And I don't know how I generated that. People are like, what? I'm like, but it is rclaywilliamsdo.com at gmail.com. And, and that's a private business uh, uh, email that if you email me there. And then the phone number. This is always easiest. 903 903- Seven three two two zero zero five. Fantastic! And hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Jason Rice Show. So I'm just gonna—I'm not even gonna push stop or anything. You know, listeners, Mrs. Doctor Clay Williams has just entered the room. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I've had a great conversation with your husband, and uh, I think this has been official. And the, the one thing I told him before we even started, I said, you know, my wife adores your wife. Yeah. Well, she's my favorite too. She's 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 pretty awesome. She's pretty awesome. So it's good to see you. All right, well, we're gonna wrap this up so I can get out of y'all's house and let you start your day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget, download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, the Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out.